Hey, Sean, how's it going? Uh, it's going good, Dom. Um, we're not in the same room. No, right? Third episode and we've been uh, quarantined. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the quarantine editions. I'm a little bit... Yeah, how are you finding it, Dom? Uh, well, what, we're on day four now. Um, and I think it was day two. I was kind of like, you know what? This isn't so bad. I could, do, I could definitely do this. And then I realized... We were still in week one of four, and I kind of started going insane. Uh, I spent two days, and I didn't, I didn't get out of my pajamas. I don't think I even showered. I didn't even know, I didn't know what was going on. And I was like, "This is terrible. This is not only unhygienic, but just disgusting." <laughs> so I, um, I was like, "Right, this is it. That's not good enough." And on day three, I was like, "I'm showering tomorrow morning." And because I'm doing Exodus 90, it was a cold shower, which was horrible. <laughs> uh, but ultimately, I felt a lot better for it. So, uh, but yeah, I think the quarantine's uh, pretty full on. Yeah, I read somewhere on Facebook that showering is the key. Like, because there was somebody from the state saying, hey, like, this is just my quarantine tips. Like, shower every day. <laughs> <It'll> <laughs> make you feel like you're actually doing something during your day, you know? Yeah, and then meal times as well. Yeah, the whole routine thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I've had heaps of assignments to do, so I spent the whole weekend just uh, writing a nursing comprehensive nursing care plan. Something that once I'm qualified, I'll never have to do ever again. <laughs> How's it been studying and then having Jemima and well, the J- whole Jemima's been I think she especially the first few days she was like what two parents this is awesome <laughs> so she was just losing her mind a bit uh and now she's kind of gotten used to it but like yeah she's getting a lot more attention than she would usually because jess isn't looking after any of the kids either oh um, yeah true so there's that um but yeah it's, it's, it's heaps of fun uh i guess uh mass is interesting there's been a uh benefit and a well, I mean, it was. I didn't. I thought I was going to hate it. Yeah. Going to mass online, but I, I actually quite enjoyed it. And then I've gone to mass heaps more <laughs> than I would have ever. <laughs> I think I went to mass like four times last week. Oh man, same. It was kind of weird. Like I don't know. It was kind of cool. I'd put an altar next to the laptop screen slash TV. Because sometimes uh-huh. when I do, you know, like you're encouraged to do all the like the same stuff, you know, like standing up and kneeling down. Mm. But I'm like, am yeah. I am I worshiping my laptop? Am I it kind of feels weird, so I'm I'm half heartedly I still don't know what my I it's not a hot it's... take, it's a lukewarm take right now. <laughs> um I'm not sure <laughs> whether or not God spits out the lukewarm. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm like, if any of you, you guys to... Yeah, I, Jess and I have been singing the mass parts as well. Oh cool. That's cool. Yeah. Which means that the mask continues without you a bit, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Um, big shout out to um, DJ Hagro, who's been um, putting up all these masses for us every day with Bishop Steve. He wakes up every oh, morning and sorts it out. Um, yeah, it's his job. <sighs> I'm, I'm here to help. <laughs> <laughs> Dom, Dom, I had a question. Yeah? What is it like being an extrovert in quarantine? Um, let's have a think. Let's have a think. 
Imagine you were uh, an eagle and you could soar across the sky and then all of a sudden you had your wings clipped and uh, you were you were, you were trapped in the bottom of a canyon. Uh, it doesn't really feel like that, but I just want you to imagine it for a second. No, no, no. It, it's uh, it's not so bad because I have assignments and a baby, but it's not great either. And also, there's been heaps of like, like uh, Google Hangouts video conferencing type things. Like I had a uh, meet, I had a conference with my um, fraternity, uh, Exodus ninety fraternity, the other day. Mm. Uh, so there's ten of us on a chat. That was pretty cool. And then this morning we did uh, liturgy of the hours with the the kayak group. Um, cool. So that was pretty cool. So I'm still keeping busy, but um, the I guess the uh, the uh, extra version hasn't taken too much of a hit yet. The concept of staying inside for four days is pretty terrible, though. Yeah. No, definitely. But, uh, we, and Jess and I have been going for walks and stuff, so we get out and we've got a baby to you know engage with. So, and I think she, she's an extrovert. So, oh yeah, she's loving having two parents. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Um, but yeah, it's going pretty good. Um, you know what would have been a really good segue into uh, the topic today? Well, <laughs> <laughs> when we were talking about the mass. Because the topic's going to be prayer, right? Did I ruin it for everyone? <laughs> I was like, this is going for a great segue. Then Sean was like, I've got a question. I was like, okay. okay this is Isn't happen. this a better segue now? Pardon? Isn't this a better what? segue? Uh, no, because we still haven't introduced the podcast. Should we do that now? Le- ladies first. Uh, hi everybody, this is She Bears and Hebrews, and I am the She Bear, and these guys <laughs> are the Hebrews. Are the Hebrews? <laughs> uh, you've got uh, Shana Llorando. Llorando. JJ Habrams. <laughs> and myself, Dominic Melgeri, joining you on the podcast. So thank, welcome everybody. To the special quarantine edition. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hayden Quarantino. Three episodes in. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And we already need to do this from distance. Directing directing live from the the home office. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is a work from home edition. Hell yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, And we're praying for all the uh, people that maybe even lost their jobs. How crazy is that? Yeah, that's crazy. That's so crazy. Man. Pretty intense. What? Uh, how are you? How are you studying from home, Dom? Uh, through the power of like, Google. Is it easy enough. <laughs> nice. Um, it's not easy, but I don't think it was easy anyway. It's just it's just doing monotonous assignments. Um, we've been taken out of the hospitals, obviously. Um, so that's so. Uh, and they thought they thought you know what's you know what's pretty much equal to uh, um, doing uh, hospital work, uh, worksheets, <laughs> more assignments. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, yeah, we've yeah. got that going on, which is, like, you know, not fun at all. Um, but, yeah, one thing that has been uh, interesting is uh, my prayer life. Oh, wow. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. I think all... How so? Well, I've... Uh, 
it's interesting because I guess uh, with having more time and also with the um, difficulties of quarantine, people have been more creative with how we can pray. There's been more opportunity to pray. And so all of a sudden uh, prayer has become a way of life rather than uh, something that happens within my life, I guess, uh, which is pretty interesting. How have you guys found it? Um, um, I found it pretty good. Um, like every morning, um, live streaming a mass from Bishop Steve's house. So, like, when I'm not like unbelievably stressed out by it, it's actually really nice to just kind of like, um, sit and pray the mass. Um, yeah. And also, I like, hear like a hom- a homily that's you know kind of gets me thinking about stuff that I hadn't really thought about before. Mm. Um, it, yeah, so I really do enjoy having that kind of hour to start the day off Yeah, of like, yeah, being, I guess, vicariously involved in a mass. Is that the right word, vicariously? Yeah, I reckon. I don't know. I just say things that I don't fully know sound kind of right. Okay. I, I always used to hate when I was working at the, at the chaplaincy when we'd be hosting the mass at the cathedral. Because it's like, it, t- it took, you know, the source and summit of the Catholic faith and turned it into a chore. And then you don't see, you don't pay attention to anything because you're just like, are they in the right position? Oh my gosh, what's happening next? Who are they? What are they doing over there? And then you just don't get anything, any prayer done. So, yeah, I came to, I, I, I now can't stand youth masses. I just can't do it. Oh, it's a hot take. That's a hot take. <laughs> That's just an opinion. If I said youth masses are the worst, that would be a hot take. <laughs> but I, I'm so conflict reversed. I think I'm starting to melt again, Dom. Like, this is just crazy. Oh, I'm wow. Just like, it's oh been my a few gosh. years. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a year. Um, <laughs> to the wow. day since your last melting. Yeah. Uh, just to clarify, melting means uh, I'm just conflict reversed and I just run away from any, any source of conflict whatsoever. And yeah, there was a story yeah. behind it. I forget. Um, yeah, <coughs> well, prayer is like something that's kind of anchored us here in my flat. Like, mm-hmm. so mass has been really good in the morning um, to kind of wake us up. There was one day I was like, nah, I'm going to like stay in. I'm just going to sleep in on Saturday. And then my oh, yeah. flatmate like just knocks on the like the door like nine o'clock and be like, hey, are you? Are you gonna mess? And I was just like, uh, oh yeah, I guess. <laughs> just like, so it's been good. It's just this thing that like keeps our flat running. And then, um, I guess we've been also trying to, well, yeah, trying to pray the rosary here every five, like every evening, five o'clock. Um, and I think after reading the indulgences that are on offer, like, oh yeah, um. Praying the Divine Mercy Chaplet, um, like either at three or like some other time. Like, yeah, it's definitely been a good thing for me just to even set up a routine in my day. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it kind of, it's been funny because it's also been like a way for me to uh, to reach out to other people. So like I was like, oh, we've got masses being streamed it's really easy for people to just like 
jump on and see what a mass is like. Mm. Um, so I was like, sent out a link to my like people or you know family and be like, hey, if you guys want to um, join on, I'll join in. So kind of a way to evangelize yeah. a little bit too. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, because I was thinking like um, earlier this year, I was reading. Uh, well, I started reading because I never finish books like this. Apparently, a uh, book by uh, Jacques Philippe about prayer, and oh, cool. it really kind of opened my eyes as to the reality of prayer. Because, like, I think prayer is always one of those things that that seems to be talked about but never fully understood. Which, I mean makes sense if you think about it because you know prayer is just you know having dialogue with the creator of the universe which is pretty hard to understand as a concept it's like yeah just you know creator of the universe popping in and saying hi um and then there's also the fact that like especially like in like catholicism prayer seems so structured um like with you know with the mass and even just with the our father i remember hearing a story where someone suggested to a uh, non-Catholic Christian, um, why don't you try praying the Our Father? And they responded with something to the lines of like, are you trying to force, are you trying to tell me how to pray? Like, these are the only words you're allowed to use. And I was like, what? It's like, it's the Bible though. <laughs> That's what Jesus said. Um, and then, but then you've got things like the Hail Mary and what have you. And, uh, and they just seem like, you know, they almost they almost seem like they're dead because they're just uh, set kind of phrases and verses that it's like, okay, here's what you pray, here's what you pray. Especially if you look at like Liturgy of the Hours, it's just, here's a, here's a series of psalms and canticles, pray them, see you later. And uh, so it, t- it turns <clears throat> prayer into this kind of almost dead thing. When it's actually quite um, it's quite not it's not, well that's not what prayer is. And then you have the opposite side of the the uh, argument, which is like the charismatic renewal kind of stuff, which is all prayer is all just completely spiritual, getting moved by the spirit, praying in tongues, this that the other. It's like it's a whole other whole other thing, which is like almost the two things don't seem to translate. Uh, but yeah, that's. You know, that's what I I was thought of when I when I was looking at prayer. What what do you what do you guys think about what prayer is, or like? Yeah, yeah, your kind of perceptions on prayer. Um, I guess over time it's um changed. I think when I was starting out, like it was definitely like the rope prayers and stuff like that, right? Like being mm. taught, you know, that our Father and Hail Mary, all that stuff, and then and then like going in. I guess it yeah. It depended on the stage where I was at. Like, I got into my faith through charismatic kind of means, like praise and worship and all that. Mm. Um, and, yeah, but more and more, it's been about silence. Mm-hmm. And it's been about, like, it's actually less, uh, for lack of a better kind of word, like active in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, even the rope prayers have been just a means for me to like enter into like a stillness, I guess, in in some ways. So like even, and like slowing down, like even this morning at um, mass, um, 
like because I was I don't know Bishop was kind of speaking a little bit slower um you know and I was actually listening to the scripture like what I know usually I don't like sorry like bad catholic out in these streets but like in mass like I'll probably conk out at the first reading I'm like not listening I'm like just <laughs> and today's reading was real long like really long mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. from Daniel? Yeah, it was a Daniel one. And I was like, this is crazy. Like, I was, like, listening to it, like, just word for word. Um, and I was like, wow, this is in the Bible? Like, Yeah, right? So it's it's kind of... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> did you do, like, did you listen to it? Like, Hayden, when you were like... Like, the, the, the reading this yeah, morning? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, what was her name? Susanna? Yeah. Um... Yeah, what a what a crazy verse from the Old Testament. Like I had no idea that was like in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, but yeah, so these. It's, yeah, I was listening to it because uh, we did it with this morning's prayer with kayak, and it was like, this is an awful situation for anybody to have been in, mm. and like, because they almost they almost uh, killed this poor woman for something she didn't do. Uh, but yeah, I feel like. Uh, we could talk about the scripture forever. But uh, yeah, you were saying you, you were actually listening during mass for a change. Yeah, well, because I think it's helped me, especially in the last four days of lockdown, with a routine, I kind of see it as me like carving up that like time and space. And like, it's sort of stilling myself and, and just mm-hmm. being helping me able to actually receive. So I think that's what I'm seeing prayer as at the moment. Instead of like doing stuff, it's like actually getting or like receiving. Um, yeah, yeah. 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 So I'm seeing it as like, man, I suck. Like I actually don't, I can't really, my efforts aren't very, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess, so obviously we're talking about prayer as part of this podcast. And I guess like if you type, prayer and father mike schmitz into youtube there's like a million videos <laughs> and um that i think that's because like there's so many different facets to prayer that you could talk about and mm. i don't think you could cover it in one one podcast episode but i guess what i kind of want to get to grips with is kind of like i guess it's kind of my charism in my faith is just trying to get to the crux of what prayer is mm. and then because i find that it it, it really informs it's like so. I was reading uh, Father Jack. Is it Father Jack's Philippe? Father Jack? Is it just Jack? Anyways, re- yeah, yeah, he's a priest. He's a priest. Yeah. Father, I was reading him, uh, and he's talking about um, contemplative prayer, and yeah, I guess because there's lots of different types of prayer. Like there's petitionary, there is uh, contemplative, there's silence, which is kind of like contemplative. Uh, there's Thanksgiving and all these other different types of prayer. But they say that they kind of say like even though there is no hierarchy, contemplative's kind of the best, and so uh, and because and I guess the reason is is because that's kind of that is the source of all prayer. If we if we if you can get to that level of contemplative prayer, which again it's not a levels thing. Mm. Some people, and also it's not a skill set because if it was, then some people be able to do it, and other people can't. But yeah. God's allowed us to. Uh, is given as prayer as a gift so everyone can do it. Wow. Um, and so it's about um, 
it's not about what we do and what we say. So, which kind of goes against this whole idea of having an Our Father and uh, Hail Mary. It's like, it doesn't matter what you say. You can say anything. It's like, yeah, I guess to a point. But like, what prayer is doing is it's about changing your inner disposition. Yeah. It's about... Uh, it's about a relationship with the creator of the universe. And again, this gets kind of hard to understand because um, it's it's easy to talk about having a relationship with a, another being um, because they're there. You can see them, you can actively communicate with them. But like when you're having a... Uh, when you're having a uh, relationship with like like a spiritual being, God is kind of like you can't see them; they don't have matter, um, though they do matter. Um, <laughs> so it's it's hard to do. But I think what you want, what our aim should be, is to ha- look at our internal dispositions towards uh, things like this. Um, in the Catechism, it says that. Um, it says, for me, prayer is a surge of the heart. It is a simple look turned towards heaven. It is a cry of recognition of love, embracing both trial and joy. And I think there's so much in that, packed into that little uh, sentence there. Um, because like, like it starts off by saying it's a surge of the heart. And um, that, like when you think of a surge, it's like a big, like gushing forward but i think a surge can be like a tiny little thing it's like a like a, a light knocking at the door um and it, it, so basically even though it's a gift given to us it has to come from us in a way like we have to open the door to that to that knocking and it's that that idea they're like oh maybe i could say a prayer um and uh i was heard a story about uh on one of the podcasts that I listened to and it was kind of the conversion story of the priest. And he was saying that like, um, he just had this, he just, uh, finished. I can't remember what he'd done, but he just had this idea. It was like, I should, I should pray. And so he just started repeating the name Jesus over and over again. Cause he didn't know what to say. And that kind of explains like surge of the heart of like that desire of like, I should probably do this. Uh, and it's so like, I think one of these fundamental kind of things within Catholicism is um, we're asked to do these things which have like like phenomenal cosmic power, like the genie says, but like we're only in this tiny little human body. So these completely supernatural, ethereal, spiritual events thing happen, but they happen in very normal ways, very uh, human very tangible ways and that's why the our father and things are really beautiful like that because uh where that surge of the heart is to pray sometimes it's a feeling like yeah i feel like i could pray but another time is i really don't feel like praying right now so then in that moment when you know it's good to pray but you don't want to pray praying is still the best thing to do so how do you do it then how do you come up with like uh you know it's like I don't feel like picking up my guitar and, you know, coming up with a, a praise and worship set and lighting a whole bunch of candles and doing this and that and the other. I I really can't be asked. It's, you know, it's the morning or it's late. 
so it's like so what do i say and that's why i've always loved the rosary and the prayer of the church because it's like what do i say oh i don't this is what i say oh fantastic and so tick that box still praying uh but like i think there's something so beautiful in again that disposition inside ourselves that we're okay i can turn i can turn this around i can um I can turn this like flatness of I don't care into something that's actually good and beautiful and and a prayer um, just by deciding to do it and not having to think about it, um, but like still being able to speak with God. Um, Do you guys, what do you guys think about that? That I feel like I'm talking a lot. There's like a mic drop moment. Like, no, I understand that. And I think as you were talking, I was like, I think I heard someone say one time that, um, well, I'm pretty sure it's true, but like God is the one that um, pursues us first, right? So he's the one that like, if we think that we're like seeking him, he's actually doing a lot more before that to like get us to that point. So every time I feel like I want to pray, like what you were saying, like, oh, I want to pray right now, like it helps when I am reminded that like, that was probably God being like, Hey, like, like you said, the whole knocking thing, like mm. he's knocking. And so like, I definitely have the choice to be like, yep, sweet. Um, and sometimes like my prayer is, I don't know. I've been praying a lot more like honest lately, like, and really short, like sometimes, cause I definitely have those moments where I don't want to pray. Uh, when I don't feel like it and like sometimes I'm just like all right god like uh hey you know I just or a lot of the time it's me having to tell him how I'm upset about a weakness that I have or whatever um but I think um our boss Alex was reading like this book of her that like yeah, yeah 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 the book um it's called what the, the end of an affair yeah the or end like of that? the affair or something yeah yeah and um it was talking about like at the end of the book um it's just this guy who like what did he say ahead of the the prayer oh man um i think so like the pretty much like the last sentence of this book i think it's kind of the book from what i understand is following a guy who's kind of like begrudgingly like following god or isn't this like i don't really know what it's about mm. but essentially it's this man's like struggle with believing in god and i think the very last sentence of the book is dear god um i'm tired leave me alone forever <laughs> i think is the very is that right yeah is that... it was something like that let me, let me find it and um yeah and then alex was just like isn't that beautiful and we're like what is that beautiful and he's like yeah like this guy like just didn't follow god and at the end like that was his like honest prayer like he's actually like said something to him you know yeah and i think there's something really powerful in that like prayer of the heart Mm. um like uh i think that that's kind of essential because i was thinking about um that story in the bible where there's the pharisee and the tax collector and uh I've, I've, mm. you know i've got the I've got it uh, i've got it prepared here Ooh. um yeah using the book that we wrote um <laughs> where is it um 
And the, the Pharisee stood there and said this uh, this prayer to himself. I'll read it through and then I'll, we'll discuss it. Sure. I thank, the, I, I thank you, God, that I am not grasping unjust adulteress like the rest of uh, mankind and particularly that I am not like this t- uh, collector here, this tax collector here. I fast t- twice a week. I pay tithes on all I get. And the tax collector stood some distance away, not daring even to raise his eyes to heaven, but the um, but the beat his breast and say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Um, and then Jesus goes on to say a bunch of stuff. Um, <coughs> you know, like the rest of the gospel. Um, so I think that's really, that first line is just like, just really struck me. Um, Cause like there's two there's two prayers here. There's that there's that prayer of the heart, and then there's what what I feel people perceive the Our Father and Hail Mary to be. Yeah. So people I think look at the Our Father and Hail Mary and think, okay, this is what the Pharisee's doing. He's doing a thing that like he's just making his himself feel good by saying these words. But like it it's not, and I'll get into that in a second because what he does here, what is it? Where's that first line? The Pharisee stood there and said this prayer to himself. He wasn't thinking of God. He wasn't connecting with God. He, he was, he was like thinking. He was praying to himself. Mm. He was saying things that would make him feel better. And they were, uh, and then they were, and what were those things? But reflecting on how good he is and mm. everything that he's done, and like what a temptation for us to do it's like i'm ticking all the boxes you know i went to four masses last week online so i'm doing pretty good thank you very much and then there's this guy over here doesn't even believe in god so or like you know it believes in a different religion that's definitely wrong so it's like we can definitely fall into that trap and uh i'm not saying that anyone necessarily does but like you can see where it's coming from it's like i think Whenever they mention the Pharisees in the Bible, you think, yeah, well, the Pharisees were dumb. Luckily, I'm not a Pharisee. Uh, and sometimes I think we are. And then there was uh, the tax collector who stood some distance away, not daring even to raise his eyes to heaven. But um, he beat his ch- his breast and said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. <coughs> and I think, um, you know, this is getting at that, like, uh, prayer of the heart. It's it's not coming to God with anything that makes you think that you can do uh, and be worthy of, but it's coming to God with that thing that's right in your heart. It's like, oh man, I'm so crap. I need to turn towards God. And, and all I can do is like, this is all, I, I've got nothing. Mm. It's like, I haven't been fasting. I haven't been doing this. I have been sinning and that's all I've got, but I still need to turn towards God. Mm. And it's like that, that, that surge of the heart which can be a uh, a prompting like oh yeah I'm gonna do this prayer um like when I was uh when I started doing Exodus 90 today uh, this year um I was thinking how I'm gonna do this holy hour because I can't get to a adoration uh, at any point and I felt in prayer God was saying hey you know the icon you've got just light a candle and sit in front of that for half an hour and that's what I started doing and um. it was really fruitful. So that's kind of like a really cool story. That like, oh, that's a surge of the heart. God was really telling me to do this. Mm. But then a surge of the heart can also be like not in front of the adoration, not in front of an icon, not God speaking to you. Mm. But it almost sounds like you're speaking to yourself. It's like, man, I'm crap. Wow. <laughs> um, and that's that's just really engaging with something that's so true. 
And it's like that prayer, which is saying something that's true and it's of the heart because it's coming straight from you. And, it, and that surge of the heart can also be like, um, like, man, I'm so pissed off with you. Uh, as Alex was saying in that book, it's like, God, leave me alone forever. And God was, uh, God was listening because that was something he was saying to God. He cut through all the mess mm. and he cut through all the pomp and circumstance. He put, cut through all his... Um, perceptions and he just went straight to god and was like leave me alone but like he didn't realize what he was doing in that and that he was actually connecting with the creator of the universe for the maybe for the first time in his life um yeah and so going back to um the pharisee's prayer where he's he seemed well the perception people might have of that prayer of like okay he's he's praying these words and it, like, because it's pomp and circumstance, we think, "All oh, right, so like the Our Father or the Hail Mary, uh, or the the Mass," and it's kind of like it's dead because it's just me not got, not paying attention, like Shana does in Mass and <laughs> stuff like that. Because uh, me and Haygray do anyway. Um, and but one thing that really struck me about the Our Father. And the Hail Mary, in fact, it's like, and all these prayers that the church has given us is actually pay attention to the words that are being said, especially in our father. Let's go with that. Because why would you say these things? Of your own volition, of your own creativity, how would you come up with these things? Because they're not, they're not our words. Mm. They're not, they're not even the way that we would say these things. So what are these things doing immediately? They are taking us outside of ourselves. Mm. And Bishop Barron talks about the spiritual exercises and he actually quotes someone else, but I can't remember who it is. And they said that like a spiritual, two examples of spiritual exercises are learning another language and looking at a truly beautiful piece of art. Yeah, yeah. I saw this one before. Yeah. Oh, yeah. cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're an artist, eh? <laughs> yeah. Wait, so why? <laughs> so, the, well... The, the language struck me more because I'm more interested in languages, uh, but like it's a similar concept for the art. Uh, it's because both the art and learning another language don't care about you. Mm. If you're learning French or Spanish or something and you can't learn and you're not learning Spanish, like you don't put in the effort, you don't learn the language, and then you're presented with someone that speaks your language, that language doesn't doesn't care if you can speak it. It's not affected by your lack of being able to speak it. It keeps going and it's steep and it's still a way of communicating. And the way that you become good at it is you change yourself. Mm. You have to, you have to change. It forms you. Mm. And then you become someone that can speak that language. With a piece of art, whether you appreciate the art or not, it's still there and, mm. you know, objectively beautiful. Uh, but if you stop and you pay attention and you look at the art, it changes your perception. And I've kind of experienced this a bit with, like, uh, literature and poetry. I mm. used to think poetry was stupid and I'm not poetic. I don't care what Shana says. He's and... so poetic, everybody. He's so poetic. Can't even deal <laughs> with it. Yeah, no evidence. Anyway, <laughs> um, so... Uh, but like as I've as I've been like actually get over yourself, Dom. Obviously, art, uh, poetry is a beautiful thing. Uh, beauty is good. Let's look into it. And I've started, especially when I was reading Tolkien, listening like actually listening to the words and how things are said. And it's like, oh wow, there's there's been like in Tolkien, there was whole like pages that would read over and over again. One after, like straight, I'd finish it and then oh that was awesome, read again. Oh that was awesome, read again. And I'm just soaking in it. 
because it was beautiful. The way that it, it was descri- describing things, there was this moment with the Ents and there's this other moment when they were in the dungeons uh, in, in the under the mountain where the dwarves are. And it can be describing things like a fight scene or it can be describing a conversation that's had, but done in a very beautiful way. And what it did was it, it stopped me and changed me. And that's that's the same with a spiritual exercise, and that's the same with a prayer, and that's exactly what the Pharisees not doing. Although we look at it that way, because we we look at the church, we see all these like uh, golden chalices and uh, like fancy pieces of art and stuff like that, and we think, "Er, fancy." But like, if we stop and we actually pay attention to those things, just like when we pray the Our Father and we listen to the words that we're saying, because when we say "Amen" at the end of that, we're saying, "I agree." This is what I think. So what are you saying? And what are you thinking? And all of a sudden, you're changing. Mm. Um, I think like an exercise that I've tried to do a few times is like when playing praying the rosary or even just, just praying is like, I was reading about St. Dominic and when he was talking about praying the rosary, he, they talked about how he, when he prayed, he... He, it's like he it was like he was chewing when he was saying the words it's like he tasted them mm. and i found that like when i was praying the rosary i just paid attention very specifically to the way my mouth was moving uh, how it felt and all of a sudden i was tasting the words and all of a sudden the the rosary was delicious and this happened the like very early on in my journey with the rosary of like um we did it for the month of october and then through november every day at the chaplaincy um <clears throat> and then i stopped for a while and then it was hot like a couple of months into the like the next year maybe march or july or something and i was like for some reason i think at the end of mass one day we prayed a hail mary and all of a sudden my mouth remembered the taste of it wow and i was like oh my gosh, I've missed saying this. Mm. And it prompted me to pray the rosary. But like, again, this is like, from the perspective of someone that maybe doesn't hasn't had this experience, it's just words that someone else has told mm. you to pray. It's like, yeah, that someone else is God in scripture. Because who says the Hail Mary? A freaking angel, <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah, and, uh, and then it's like, okay, so these words aren't my own. These words were created by someone else, something else, a spiritual being. And they they point towards a truth that's so deep that doesn't make sense. So what's the Hail Mary telling us? It's telling us that an angel came to a created being that's no more impressive than ourselves in a sense and impregnated him with the, the son of God. You know, it's like, okay, this is crazy. But like, <laughs> So why would we come up with that? Why would we say that? Mm. And then it then it sets a different light on um, kind of like like the idea of free prayer, free prayer, where people are like kind of more inclined towards. It's like, oh yeah, this is a spiritual exercise because I'm just I'm connecting with the spirit. And I'm saying these words, and then in reality, what are we doing? But we are turning into what the Pharisees doing, and we're saying the things that are coming from us, not things that are coming from outside of us, and we're not being changed, but we're being f- formed onto ourselves and i remember hearing and again this is just an apocryphal like story i don't know um it was a um exorcist was telling me um 
probably in a podcast, I I don't know many exorcists. <laughs> went for a coffee with an exorcist, super cash. <laughs> The devil turned yeah. up, bam, bam. Anyway, no, he, uh, he was saying that, like, um, he went to, uh, there was this Protestant church that was had, like, some sort of possession problem, and he comes along, and as the demon was um, kind of manifesting, it, the, the devil said to them, like, why do you keep on saying these words that I've been giving you? And it's kind of like, that's the beautiful thing about these prayers that church gives us, is it's like, we have the concrete evidence that it's not from us or that it's not from anything else. Um, because we forget that in our humanity, we are weak and we are easily influenced by different things. So why don't we be influenced by God and use the words that he gave us in the, our father, use the words that Gabriel like spoke in the, in the uh, hail Mary or the Psalms or the, you know, so the mass, all many, so many different things. Man, uh, yeah, yeah. Go, go ahead, Greer. Ah, man, it was just like what you're talking about, like with the parallels with like art as well, like what, what like a good like <coughs> artwork um, does to me is like it draws me out of myself. In um, the Chronicles of Narnia, the last battle, um, Aslan meets this uh, guy from Calamine, which is kind of the other nation within Narnia and they don't believe in Aslan and they believe in Tash and this guy who's a Calamine gets into uh, Aslan's land so heaven and um, <coughs> and he's like wow this is this is so amazing this is beautiful it's like you know this is definitely you know where God's from this is who God is and then he meets Aslan and it's like I've been hiding from you because I know that I'm in your land and I know that my whole life I've been doing prayers and offerings to Tash, who's the opposite of you. And so you probably don't want to know me. And Aslan's like, no, when you've been doing those things that are truly good and truly offering towards Tash, you were actually doing it to me because, because of the nature of, and of the goodness of the act you did, it can only correspond with true goodness, which is God. And so like, it kind of like, one of these ways that C.S. Lewis like amazingly articulates a very complicated thing of like, you were saying that sometimes you're, uh, you know, like, Oh God, please forgive me. Amen. See you later. Mm. You know? And like, it doesn't feel like your heart's in it. Mm. Uh, but then there's other times where like, you know, I remember one time um, in adoration, there's adoration and confession. We were in adoration and I realized God just kind of slapped me in the face and was like, oh yeah, you haven't been doing the things that I've been asking you to do. And what's, <laughs> what path is that taking you on? And I was just like, oh my goodness. And it was just this moment of realization. It's like, I haven't been doing the right things. And, and so I just went straight into the confessional and I was in tears. And it's like, it was like, oh wow, that's a really, imagine confession was like that all the time. It'd be really cool, but also exhausting. Um, and sometimes I've been to confession and I've gone into confessional, I've said my sins, I've done my act of contrition and I've left and there's nothing. And it's kind of like relating back to what I was saying about Aslan and Narnia is kind of like, yeah, but what I did was truly good. Mm. Uh, and even though it didn't feel like it was something like of ultimate, you know, ultimate cosmic power, it was, it was, it was just as powerful, but because we're human and, you know, we can't feel the presence of God all the time. Um, God still honors it because he knows that going forward and doing it even half-heartedly when we don't feel like it is just like, it's 
amazingly powerful. It's like better is one day in your house than thousand elsewhere. Um, yeah, so it's probably about and, like disposition of heart, like you said. Like, yeah, it's like the objectivity of God, like like a the artwork thing. Because I've definitely <coughs> had that as well. Like, of things that are just like objectively good and beautiful in front of me, drawing me out, mm. that kind of thing. And um, yeah, like that. I think someone, um, Cam, Cam had said something about how prayer is really just like us turning to God, like, um, mm, mm. and like, I think I can relate that as well with just when you decide to do something, you know, when you decide to sacrifice something for someone else or when you do something mm. good, like you said, like even the whole, like San Jose Maria, um, of like how work can be prayer. Um, and even that it's like everything you can do, everything you do can mm. be prayer. If you do it, um, if it is good, if you do it for like, not for yourself, but for others, you know? Um, but yeah, it's like, I, I even think sometimes, um, you taught me this Dom, like at the chaplaincy, just like mm. even using your body to pray. Like, mm, mm. so, like, it, it's quite fitting even now, like, with the whole mess thing, my, like, lukewarm take, as you're talking, I was like, <laughs> maybe I should just pray it anyway, like, do the gestures. Because... Well, if I've helped even just you, Shana, <laughs> it was good enough. Well, because I guess, like, you know, some people could see that as, like, oh, that's real pious in a bad way. Like, oh, you're, like, really bowing and blah, blah, blah. Cause you're like mm. making a show of it, but actually like when I do, like when I bow or when I, um, it, it's kind of, it slows me down and makes yeah. me think yeah. like if I'm, you know, we're body and soul, right? Like, and if I'm praying with my body, then the soul kind of follows. Um, and like you said, it's exactly that it's, it's changing me on the inside to focus on something that's not me on the outside, you know, like, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and so and that's probably why I put the altar like kind of like in the middle of my laptop screen so that I'm not like I'm just focusing like I'm not I'm not focusing on a laptop right now. Mm. Like there's something else that's actually happening. Um, and I guess that's going back to what you asked me ages ago. Like that's been my prayer life at the moment is like just practicing that like turn. Turn yeah, of the head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, because that simple turn towards heaven. Um, so the next two lines in that little sentence is like a simple look towards heaven and a, and a cry of recognition and of love. And I think those two points are just really beautiful, like, because what they can actually mean. A turn towards heaven, like, okay, you want to go to heaven, go in front of the um, altar during consecration, because that's, that's literally heaven meeting earth when the this this piece of bread becomes something that is in heaven and that's the body of Christ mm. and the you know Charles you know wow that's that turning towards heaven and that can be this really dramatic poetic beautiful thing but sometimes a turn towards heaven can be like ah god's real yeah anyway carry on and that that can be the turn towards heaven and that's also the cry of recognition and of love it's like you know, recognition is is rethinking something. Like uh, Bishop Barron talks about it, and it's like he breaks it down. A recognition, 
So something that you've thought of, something that you know, Whoa. it's bringing to mind again. And like just like that moment in your day of like God is real. Mm. And then like that turning towards God can be something like something similar to setting up an altar. Something that I didn't do, which I'm really kicking myself for now is um, as I was setting up the microphone and stuff, I was like, oh, I should totally get the icon and the candle and light it throughout the whole podcast. Wow. And then it will always be there whilst I'm doing it. But I didn't because I'm a sinner. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> next time, <clears throat> next podcast. <clears throat> but I, I know what it looks like. So I'm re- recognitioning it Recognitioning. In my head right now. <laughs> um and like doing those little things and it's kind of like i can feel it in my heart like when i had that first inclination to be like okay god um you know how do i pray for you before you because i can't get in front of the eucharist it's Mm -hmm. like use this icon and this thing it's like i could feel when i was doing that it was like like a roaring in my heart of celebration. Mm. It's like, yes, this is a good thing to do. Right. And like that might, that doesn't happen all the time, but initially it was kind of like, this is a good thing to do. So then I remember that. I Ooh. recognize it, <laughs> recognize it. Wow. Anyway, um, and so there's like, and it's a simple turn towards heaven. All it is is lighting a candle, sitting down and shutting up. But then it's like um, recognizing the truth behind it and um, recognizing that it's God and what is it, who's God but love. And then that like uh, that final kind of uh, line is embracing both trial and joy. And something that comes to mind with this, um, which is kind of terrifying, is knowing that all saints went through a dark night of the soul. And that's kind of like, it's almost as though it's like, if you're desiring a deep spiritual connection with God, you kind of want a dark night of the soul. However, <laughs> nobody wants the dark night of the soul because it's awful. Um, but like we hear of like, um, St. Teresa, St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta was there some like, she had, she experienced had, like really strong, powerful experience of God twice in her life. And then it was like 40 years of darkness. It was like 50 she or something. She was in front of the, um, yeah, I remember a priest was telling me, uh, he was, he was in adoration with her and she, she'd been there long before he'd got there. And then. Uh, a note was passed back to him from Mother Teresa, and it said, "And it says, where is God?" She was in front of the Blessed Sacrament. She was in the chapel and she was praying, but she just didn't feel him. And it's like, ah, wow, what a witness, <laughs> you know? It's just, just keep on going, uh, which kind of brings um, a very Catholic truth forward into what prayer is, and it's an action. It's something that we do. And this becomes a fighting point when we are uh, met with our Protestant brothers and sisters of like, you know, you know, was it uh, faith and works? Uh, yeah, I think it's in a letter to uh, John or something. I don't know. It's a New Testament letter. Oh, yeah. Anyway, but they 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 don't believe that we can do it, do anything. So like they're, they're against the idea of works. But um you know, in Catholicism, there are so many physical acts. And I think that's a recognizing of the tangibleness and the humanity of humanity. And I think it comes with those, uh, the bowing, the kneeling, the sitting, the standing. It comes with the, you know, using the rosary beads to keep uh, keep count. It comes with actually saying things out loud, set prayers. Is, um, it's a tangibleness and it's a thing that we, we need to do these things. 
because we can look at like you know uh trial as in like um a spiritual dryness or we can also look at trial is like you know what a rosary takes like a whole 20 minutes and it's like forever you know or like oh my gosh mass is so boring <laughs> you know where's where's some good music or this homily's dry as do i have to sit through this yeah or uh, as i found with youth masses it's like the mass is we're just waiting for the final blessing, but we've got 45 minutes of notices now. Woohoo. You know? Um, oh my God. I actually, I, real, real quick, I actually, real quick. My phone's probably going to die, but keep going. This is great. Okay. <laughs> we can wrap it up soon. No, no, no. You guys keep going, but like, I'm just letting you know my phone is going to die. Oh, so but, you'll just um, disappear? Yeah, I'll just disappear eventually. Okay. But, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so that. Um, yeah. 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 Oh no, no no! I just wanted to like just say like what like, what you've been talking about reminds me a lot about like Sirach. It's like like one of my favorite Bible verses is like in chapter thirty eight of it, and it's talking about like all the different um uh like tradesmen and stuff. Right. And it talk. It's this really beautiful poem about like their work and them sitting the potter sitting at you know doing the clay stuff, and it finishes with um and their prayer is in the practice of their trade. You know, mm. wow. that their their prayer is their work, and I think that really like, yeah, that resonates I, a lot with me. Yeah, and I think that's a really powerful thing. It's like it's helping me a lot get through my degree as well because there's loads of assignments that just are like, oh, this is pointless. This is just ticking boxes. This isn't actually applicable to real life, and I can see that. But like, I know that I need to get through it, and so it's like. I don't, it doesn't matter how I feel. And like, so there's these two, the, the, like the double two sides of the trial. The trial is the actual assignment itself. But then there's also the spiritual trial of me seeing no point in it. And so there's that, there's two elements and we need to embrace that. And so, and I learned this was from St. Therese of Lisieux and like this, this joyful suffering of like, oh, wow, this is an opportunity for me to offer something up toward to God. And it's like, it's really sucky that I have to go through this right now. It's um, it doesn't make sense. I know I'm just ticking boxes and it's a load of rubbish. Um, but like, kind of absorb that, take it in, and don't. For me, like complaining is a big thing that I struggle with. So I was like, don't complain, but mm. take that complaining and and let it sit inside you and, and experience the pain that that you have with having to go through this like monotonous trial. And offer it back up to God. And all of a sudden, mm. he takes that pain and that trial and that crappiness and he, he he redeems it. And all of a sudden, you become joyful because you're you're connecting with... Um, you're, you're, you're recognizing God and you're looking, turning towards heaven and you're crying out uh, that love who is God. And so all of a sudden, doing an assignment becomes a prayer. Now, the problem with this is you don't want to say, oh, my assignment's a prayer, so I don't need to pray. See you later. It's like, yeah, I'm just doing my assignments. That's my prayer. It's like, no, you also need to have that time to set aside. Look mm. at Jesus. After he did his his labors of love and his works and his trials of healing people, feeding 5,000, preaching to people, he, he took time aside. Uh, he went up a mountain and he prayed and like... It would be awesome if we had that time to set aside to go up a mountain or even if we had a mountain nearby. Um, but like, you know, take that time aside and like actually engage with God. And this change, and this is the dispositions thing. Mm -hmm. So we hear this phrase thrown around is like, 
we're meant to have a life of prayer. We're not just supposed to do prayer. Our, our life is meant to be a prayer. And it's like, okay, because in the Gospels, uh, no, I think it's in the the epistles, Paul says, you know, we are called to pray ceasingly. Unceasingly. Yeah. And so we need to, um, unceasingly, ceasingly is the opposite. <laughs> it's like remotely working and not remotely working. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so um, so pray, to pray unceasingly. And so, like, how do we do that? It's like, do we just become monks and sit in, like, these little cells where we just pray unceasingly? Or do we change our lives, change the dispositions deep in our heart, and ultimately who we are because of God, so that our lives become an action of everything is ordered towards God? Yeah, yeah. And so what is prayer... So yes, it is praying in our Father, but not because not because an Our Father is what we've been told to pray, but it's praying in our Father because an Our Father takes us outside of ourselves mm. in the same way that learning a language or looking at a beautiful piece of art does, and it's 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 smushing us like like the 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 person uh, that works with clay, it or the person that does the piece of art, or the person that chips away at a piece of stone and makes it a statue. It's changing us. So then all of a sudden, when we want to hear God, our lives are oriented in such a way that we can hear God because we're not closing ourselves off. Um, yeah. And this kind of leads us into sin, which is probably a whole other episode. But like <laughs> the idea of mortal sin isn't like a lopping off of our head. You know, oh, I've done something that I you know, know is wrong. It's grave matter. And I had full knowledge of it the whole time. Um I've done mortal sin, but mortal sin doesn't cut us off unless we're unrepentant. If we're repentant, all it does is clouds. It puts like a thick, like maybe a thick uh, smog between me and God, which that just tells me I need to pray louder. I can't see God and maybe he can't see me, but he could probably hear me if I shout. So, wow. And so how can I shout? You know, not necessarily shouting, but like saying, I'm going to do these things, which is going to, it's going to change me. It's going to hurt. It's going to be painful. It's like with mm. Exodus 90, I'm, I'm going to do these cold showers. I'm not going to have these sweet things that I used to lean on. I'm not going to go and watch videos and zone out. And I'm going to, I'm going to feel these things. I'm going to do this assignment that makes no sense. And I'm going to offer it up to God and I'm going to make these choices and I'm going to do these actions and in my everyday. Then on top of that, I'm going to pray my rosary. I'm going to take time aside to do a, a holy hour or a holy half hour. I'm going to wake up early and do the prayer of the church with this group of people. And all of a sudden I'm changing and it's painful and I don't like it, but it's prayer. And ultimately it's it's a good thing. Yeah, I think like something as you were talking, Dom, like... It harkens back to what you said last time, um, that God is not an idea, but he's a person. And Amen. so it's kind of like I'm likening it a lot to just relationships and, and like friendships and stuff. It's like something Cam said as well is that you like how like why suffer, you know, like why is suffering? I don't know, like what can get you through suffering or this whole thing about joyful suffering? And he's like, well, a person can like pull you through suffering. Like if you think about like, you know, like I'll do this for a loved one. Like mm -hmm. I went, you know, I, it could be really annoying. Could be like 
you know, inconvenient, but because I love this person, I'm going to do this. Um, and mm -hmm. that's what pulls you through. And I think if we think about that with prayer, with God, it's like, this is going to be really hard, but like, if this is going to benefit this relationship, then because I like doing things with love in it, I was reflecting on that like today, actually. Um, we're putting on like little inspirational things. This is how blessed I am. Well, blessed is she. I have to like, <laughs> I like did some calligraphy stuff like on the on the board. And it was this thing about like St. Jose Maria was saying, <coughs> like do everything with love, um, even the little things. And little things won't seem so little. They'll be like really mm -hmm. big. And um, something that my flatmate actually said, and it's kind of apt at the moment. Because like during this quarantine, it's been pretty crazy. And I've, I've definitely had some days where I've felt really, like, anxious and, like, mm -hmm. not for, like, you know, mostly for what's been happening out in the world and what people are going through. And it's just, like, feeling really helpless and you want to pray for the world, you know what I mean? And I'm just like, I don't know what I'm doing. And my flatmate was like, you know, you could sit like a monk for ages and pray for the world or you could like do your best with the little patch of you know with your little patch just like what has god called you to do today like mm -hmm. to love the people that are around you to you know like to do your best with your work to you know all your actions and stuff and that's that's how you can offer up stuff for the world like Mm -hmm. So it's like your, I mean, that whole St. Therese thing, right? Like she wanted to be a missionary and all that mm -hmm. stuff, but she was in the convent and, but she had this surge of the heart to be a saint or, you know, mm. this want to be a great saint, but she couldn't do anything really like, uh, mm. you know, in the world's terms, but it was just her prayer and her praying for people and for her doing the little things, offering mm -hmm. that up. Um, mm -hmm. so yeah, maybe prayer is just like, not just, but prayer is our return to him recognition. Yeah. So I think it's, yeah. Like, um, going off what you were saying, if like, if you feel God is asking you to do something, then doing that thing is engaging with God. Yeah. And what is, what is prayer, but engaging with God. Yeah. And so in that sense, you know, our work or even doing the dishes or whatever it is can be our prayer. However, if that's all our prayer is, then it's also not prayer. Yeah, that's right. You need <laughs> to be intent, like I said, with a relationship, right? Like you need to have intentional time. Like I yeah, can't yeah. just, you know, like, yeah, I have to catch up with my friends. Like I have to like set that time aside and get to know them and, mm. and have that sort of, which is actually something I might talk to you about uh, next podcast Ooh. uh this is the segue before the segue um <laughs> which probably wrap it up though because uh it's yeah it's been a i think my i think my recording device is about to run out batteries as well <laughs> so in summary prayer is engaging with god and uh changing like, yourself changing yourself and your disposition um and being drawn out of yourself towards god and to others mm. and uh you the can true, the good and the beautiful for the true good and beautiful. And it's not about, you know, like ticking boxes, although it can be about ticking boxes, but really, I don't know, Dom, what? It's when you haven't got, I suppose like when you haven't got the energy, tick the box. However, 
what are you ticking that box out of? Why are you praying that rosary? Why are you mm. doing that thing? Because of your inner disposition of, I know this is good. And yeah. it's like that memory, that recognition. Um, so like prayer is a surge of the heart. It's a simple a look turned towards heaven. It is a cry of recognition of love and it's embracing both trial and joy as the catechism says. Uh, and I guess that's just kind of what we've talked about. So um, thanks for joining us. Um, I hope you guys got something out of this and uh, stay tuned for our next episode where Sean is going to finish School off that dumb. segue. Yeah. <laughs> Remember yeah. and recognize. Yeah. Nice yeah. one. Okay. <laughs> See you later.